Welcome to Leaning Forward. I'm your host, Andrew Thorpe. Why do we look up and listen when we hear someone start a business presentation with, three years ago I walked into a bar? We can sense there's a story coming up, and that's a refreshing change from the kind of opening we normally hear. In this episode of Leaning Forward, we'll consider the power of storytelling as a way to hook and engage your audience. We'll look beyond the humble anecdote and consider how storytelling relates to the packaging of a message and how it can move people to act. I'll introduce you to a creative Frenchman, a frustrated dry cleaner, and to the notion that storytelling is also about listening. I find that using the word storytelling, at least within business circles, is both um, a blessing and a curse. It's powerful on the one hand, but it's also uh, problematic. I think it's great because it's become a bit of a buzzword in recent times in the business community. And, and that's a bit strange. It always strikes me as odd that given that storytelling has been around since cave painting days, um, However, there's certainly a degree of interest and curiosity about it amongst leaders and and other professionals, which is very encouraging, very heartening. But it's also a bit problematic because some people think it's all a bit fluffy and lightweight uh, when business should be about serious matters like money and strategy. And there's also, I think, a tendency to associate it with simply telling an anecdote um, and you sometimes get a, um, is that all you do reaction when you say you're in that line of work. So let's start by defining what we mean by storytelling in what might be called an applied sense. And obviously you might have a different take on this, but bear with me and see if this um, resonates with you. So if you were taking part in a, a funny anecdote contest, like a joke competition, and the host said, um, OK, Alistair, you're up next. What's your story? You'd launch into the anecdote. But if you were in a, a job interview and the recruiter asked you, um, so, Alistair, tell us your story. That's a completely different request. It's more about your life's journey, um, who you are, how did you get here um, and maybe what are you looking for in the future? And when Boris Johnson speaks from his podium about the latest lockdown measures and he trots out slogans like hands face space or um, we're doing well, but we're not out of the woods yet. This is the government's narrative. It's the story coming from number 10. It's an attempt to influence our thinking and our behaviour. So story means different things depending on the circumstances and the intent of the speaker. But in the broadest sense, it's a very powerful way to um, package a message. And that can be very difficult sometimes when the topic is technical or, or complex. It's a great way to paint pictures in people's minds. You know, I can see what you're saying or I see what you mean. It's a great way to be more memorable um, and we are much more likely to remember a great story that we hear than a set of facts and figures in a presentation. 
And it's also a great way of triggering emotion in our audience. And bear in mind that we do make decisions on emotion rather than logic, even though we might deny it. So this is why it's so useful in the business world where we have to persuade and influence people all the time. And it can be problematic when the audience doesn't initially see things the way that we do. Um, when there are huge demands on people's attention through um, all the multimedia advertising that comes into us and, and overwhelms us. When people listening to virtual presentations um, can so easily switch off um, and go and do something else. Um, and when people are given facts and figures which leave them uh, informed but unmoved. So in this sense, storytelling is your saviour. I think it's like a, a superpower that helps you overcome these obstacles. And it's not easy to do. It's like any skill, you know, you need to practice. It takes time to develop. And sometimes when you watch um, a, a master um, of his or her craft, they, they make it look ridiculously easy, which again belies the skill and the practice that it's taken to get them to where they are. But I think the capacity to tell stories is within all of us, as is the tendency to make sense of everything around us through stories. It's kind of what we're hardwired to do. It's how we make sense of the world. So let me give you an example of someone who told a better story about himself when he was trying to sell something in a crowded marketplace. And it's one of my favourite stories. I heard this a few years ago. It's a, a French guy called Philippe Dubost. And you can look him up on, on uh, Google. Um, and he was looking for work a few years ago as a, a web product manager. And I don't really know what one of those does, but that's what he was in the line of work or looking for that line of work. And he was getting nowhere with the conventional and um, push a hundred CVs out there and hope that something comes back. It was, it was getting him down. He was becoming quite dispirited because he was just hitting a wall of silence with this um, approach. But then he had a brainwave because he realized that the layout of a CV was remarkably similar to the layout of an Amazon page. So his brainwave was to make an Amazon page where he was the product. So you had things like um, worldwide shipping available. So he was willing to work overseas. You had dimensions, 186 centimeters, which was his height. You had um, uh, previous customer reviews, which were testimonials from previous bosses that he'd had. And my favorite one of all was only one left in stock, which I thought was terrific. And he sent this CV to a few of his friends and they really liked it and they started sharing it around. And a French blogger got hold of the story and wrote a piece about it. And then the world's media heard about it. And within a couple of days, Philippe was on the front page of most of the world's online media. The guy with the Amazon CV. And his world was turned upside down. It just went crazy for a while. And you're probably curious to know whether he got any offers of work. Well, apparently he got, I think it was something like 150 offers of work from all over the world. And he ended up working in New York City 
um, at some cool advertising agency, I guess, or or, or a company that, um, that that valued his his style, his um, his shtick, as they say. And I think that's one of the points to to bear in mind from this that he told a better story about himself because he wanted to show that he was a creative guy. Um, it's a cliched phrase, thinking out of the box, but he certainly had a different and novel approach to job search. Um, and he effectively attracted the right kind of employer for him. If he had um, uh, expected results from companies that uh, wanted all the strict protocols of, of the recruitment process to be followed, then he would be disappointed because they probably wouldn't even he wouldn't get past the first stage with them. But of course, he doesn't really want to work for a company like that. He 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 attracted the right kind of company to him, and in that sense, I think it was a great example of pull or attraction marketing. So rather than him, you know, going out and trying to find the right company, he brought the right company to him. And it was also a great example of show rather than tell. You know, he could have claimed to be in in his um, you know, about me section. Uh, I'm a creative guy, but that's just a claim. And by doing the Amazon CV, he proved, he showed that he was a creative guy um, and he got the results that he was hoping for. But that was in the employment market. So what about business? Well, I, I remember a few years ago, um, I was at a networking event. I think it was somewhere in Manchester uh, in the UK where I live. And um, I met this guy and, and he, he first asked me what I did. So I explained a little bit about this idea of, you know, telling a better story about your business to make it stand out. And he, and he said to me, well, how do I make my business sound more interesting? Because I'm struggling with this. So I said, well, what, what is it that you do? And he said, well, I run a chain of dry cleaning stores. And I think I said something like, well, don't talk about dry cleaning. <laughs> and he looked, he looked a bit miffed. He looked a bit annoyed. And he said, well, why not? I said, well, don't don't talk about things like your, you know, where all your stores are and your opening hours and your, your latest offers that, that, that end next Thursday or whatever it happens to be. That's that's just the process and the machinery of, of your business. And it probably isn't particularly interesting. It might be useful information, but it's, it doesn't really stop people in their tracks and, and make them lean forward and listen. Um, so he said, well, what should I do? I said, well, why, why don't you talk about the clothes that are brought in and why each garment that's brought into the store has some kind of story behind it? Um, you know, there was a reason why the, the garment was bought and is, is cherished and perhaps it's been um, damaged in some way or, or it needs to be looking at its best for a particular occasion. So in other words, the story lies on the customer's side, on the garment side rather than on your side. So he, he kind of started to get this a little bit. Um, and I remember a, a, a couple, maybe a couple of years later, somebody was we, we, we were sort of talking about this in a workshop. And a lady came up with a story that was somehow a hybrid. It was very similar to what I'd been saying about, you know, dry cleaning. So I, we, we sort of worked together as a group and came up with this hybrid story that might work for the dry cleaning guy about how this, um, this gentleman who'd been made redundant recently in his, in his 50s was really struggling to find work. Um, he was under a lot of pressure from within his family. He wasn't providing anymore. There were there were 
you know, tensions within the family unit. Um, and he finally got a job interview uh, and he bought a new suit, which he could ill afford because he wanted to look his best for this hopefully life changing event. If he manages to get this this work, then he's back on track again. Um, but it's in an unfamiliar town. Um, he goes to the interview. He parks in a multi-story car park. Uh, he doesn't really know his way around too much. He's looking at his watch. He's still got about half an hour left before the interview. But in in taking a shortcut out of the car park, he walked over um, a fence and tore his trouser leg. And now he's panicking because there's about 20 minutes left before the interview and he doesn't look the way he wanted to look. And he staggers through the street and notices this sign which says, dry cleaning, we do repairs. So he walks into this shop looking a bit dishevelled and stressed out. Uh, and Brenda, who works behind the counter, notices him, uh, sort of motions to him to come forward. There's a queue, but someone else is there serving as well. She motions to him to come forward. He explains what's happened. And she says, well, come with me, takes him round the back, um, does the repair within about seven or eight minutes. He's all set. He's ready. But he, he's a little bit panicky because there's so little time left to get to his interview. And she knows the area. She's actually worked in that building before in a previous job. So she offers to take him and walk him to the interview. And she gets him sat down. He's calming down. He's ready. And then she goes back to the store. And of course, it turns out that he gets the job. Um, and, and then a bunch of flowers arrives a couple of days later for Brenda. And of course, that that story is is kind of made up in a way, but it's conceivable that something like that could happen. And of course, what a wonderful story to tell on behalf of the dry cleaning chain. Um, and, he, you know, the, the guy who owns the chain might even say, and of course, we've got a Brenda in every store, um, although some of them are called Jeff. But it means that that's indicative of the style of service and the de the dedication they have towards their customers. So these are just two examples of what telling a better story about yourself might look like. So throughout all of these episodes of Leaning Forward, whether it's in these um, tutorial episodes or, or in the interviews with guests, we'll look at um, other practical applications of storytelling. So things like packaging a simple proposition. Um, here's a problem. This is what we can do to fix it. This is the outcome you can expect afterwards. But in a less mechanical and a, a more conversational way than that, of course. We'll look at how great speakers uh, persuade their audience with a presentation, which in itself is a great piece of storytelling. How it follows a, a nice narrative arc uh, that takes us on a journey from, um, you know, I never really appreciated this uh, to, oh, that's amazing, I'm ready to act. And within that flow... As a presenter, you might well have the occasional anecdote and case study uh, or, or metaphor or maybe a reference to something that's in the public's consciousness right now. Anything really that serves to bolster your argument. And in doing that, you, you'd be drawing from your story library. And that's a mental filing cabinet of what I would call parcels of wisdom. Um, things that you can use either by positioning them into pre-planned presentations or maybe bringing them out during a, a free-flowing conversation. So we'll look at ways of building this library as well, because you want to be continually refreshing it and practicing the content so that you can pull things out when you need to.
And also one aspect of storytelling that, that might surprise you, and that's story listening. Because great communication is really all about connecting with your audience. And if you can, if what you say triggers the other party to open up and share their story, well, that's a powerful thing. And that's why we'll also explore how great influencers also ask great questions and they listen intently to the answers and build that precious connection with the other side. So I hope that's whetted your appetite for the guest interviews that we've got coming up, and along with some additional tutorials. Storytelling will be a recurrent theme throughout, and um, we will throw in some of these sort of bonus clips, these tutorials that will guide you um, as you develop this um, superpower. So stay tuned for more episodes of Leaning Forward, and thank you for listening.